Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Vela Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the Pastor Study. Last week, we as a nation observed what we called Memorial Day. Every year, the last Monday in May is set aside in memory of the servicemen and women who died in all the wars. It emphasizes the freedom that we all enjoy isn't necessarily free. Often, someone must die so that others may live. And it's good for us to remember this on Memorial Day, as well as other memorials to aid our memory. God uses memorials in the Bible also to remind us of various truths he wants us to remember. We're going to examine a few of them in today's podcast, and I want to begin by reading a couple of verses in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Listen to what they say. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we know how important it is to remember things, and we know how important it is to have aids to our memory at times. We thank you for what you've given to us as a country to do that, and thank you for what you've given to us as Christians to do that too. And as we examine it today, we pray that you bless us with these truths. In Christ's name, amen. As you notice in 2 Peter chapter 1, in the two verses that we read, the word remembrance is used. Put you always in remembrance of these things. And then also in verse 13, where it says the idea of putting you in remembrance. And it's very important for us to keep certain things in mind, as we've already mentioned. A week ago, my wife and I had the opportunity to visit our daughter in Chicago. And one of the things I wanted to do while in the downtown Chicago area was get to a display for Vietnam veterans that had passed in the Vietnam War. Actually, that display was done in the library in downtown Chicago, and it consisted of over 58,000 dog tags with the names of those who perished in Vietnam hanging from the ceiling of the third floor in that library. You went up in a set of escalators and came down a set of escalators, and when you got to the top in the third floor, that ceiling between the two escalators was just filled with these dog tags with the names of those who had died in the Vietnam War. It was a very sobering time, to be sure. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But memorials are good to remind us of things, and God knew that, and God uses memorials in his Bible, in the Word of God. And we're going to look at two Old Testament memorials, and we're going to look at two New Testament memorials, and then we're going to take a look at what I believe is the greatest memorial of all that's recorded in Scripture. So first of all, let's go to the Old Testament, and we're just going to summarize these. You'll have to read the passages in more detail later, but I'm going to read a key verse that's going to talk to you about the memorial and then explain it briefly and give you a little thing to remember from that memorial. The first one is this. In Exodus chapter 12, in verse 14, we read these words, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and shall keep it a feast unto the Lord, throughout your generations, and shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. In Exodus chapter 12, what God is referring to here is the Passover feast. And if you remember, the Passover feast consisted of the people of Israel in Egypt taking a lamb, verse 3, 
that is the lamb, verse 4, and making it your lamb, verse 5, and slaying that lamb and applying the blood of that lamb to the side post and the top post of your door. And as a result then, when the Lord would pass through Egypt for judgment, he would pass over the homes that had applied the blood. Those who had not applied the blood, their firstborn would die. Those who had applied the blood, their firstborn would live. And the lesson that we can learn from this memorial is, God will provide you a lamb that is a blood sacrifice for your sins. One must die that others may live. When you're looking at the Passover of the Old Testament and the slaying of the lamb and the applying of the blood, you have to also think of what was said in the New Testament, especially in John chapter 1 through John the Baptist. When he saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he said this in chapter 1 verse 29, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. As we read in Hebrews, blood sacrifices from animals temporarily covered sin, but the blood sacrifice from our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the cross of Calvary, once and for all, took away our sin. So here we find in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 14, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial. But there's another Old Testament memorial we want to note. That is found in Joshua chapter 4. When you turn over to Joshua chapter 4, this memorial commemorates the passing over the Jordan by the children of Israel. And the key verse is chapter 4, verse 7. Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. The event, God parted the Jordan so that the people could walk over on dry ground. In the process, Joshua was told to take 12 stones and pile them in the midst of the Jordan. That's found in chapter 4 and verse, um, verse 8. And then also, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 9. I get those mixed up. And then also to take 12 stones and put them where they were going to lodge in chapter 4, verse 8. So there were two sets of stones as memorials to remind the people of Israel how God helped them to pass over the Jordan. And you can again read that chapter later and fill in all the details. So where the uh, to the first memorial, which was the Passover to commemorate the passing over of the Lord of the firstborn, you'll find now to commemorate the passing over the Jordan, this event was to remind the people always that God will provide a way for them to obey him, no matter how difficult it seems. When the people of Israel went up to that Jordan, it looked impossible. Remember, it was a time of year where it overran the banks. And yet when the priests put their feet into the water, the water walled up on both sides and they walked over on dry ground took those stones, put them in the midst, took those stones, put them in lodging. When they took their feet out, the water came back and God said, I want this to be a memorial so you can remind your children of what I did to help you pass over the Jordan into the promised land. So two Old Testament memorials, one the Passover, God will provide you a lamb, a blood sacrifice for your sins. One must die that others may live. And then secondly, to commemorate the passing over the Jordan, 
God will always provide a way for you to obey him and follow his will, even when it looks impossible. I've learned over years of living for and ministering for the Lord that things that look impossible to me are really only improbable. God does the impossible. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for example, when the angel told Mary she would conceive as a virgin and give birth to the Lord Jesus, it says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And how true that is. But there are not only Old Testament memorials, there are a couple of New Testament memorials. And we want to take our Bibles now and turn forward. And as we turn forward, we're going to be going to the book of Mark. And in the book of Mark, Chapter 14, verse 9, we see a New Testament memorial. What does it say? Well, Mark chapter 14, verse 9 says this, Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken for memorial of her. Now, what's the event? Well, the woman anoints Jesus' head with the oil from an alabaster box. You can see that in verse 3. Woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spunknerd, very precious. She break it and poured it on his head. Now, the disciples were a little concerned about that because of the waste of money. But Jesus assured them that this was not a waste of money. The truth of the matter was she had done a good work on me. You see that in verse 6. Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. And then in verse 8, she hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. So here this woman now is as a memorial as she is remembered for sacrificing this alabaster box appointment on the Lord Jesus Christ in preparation for his death and burial. Now, you'll say, well, you know, I don't really have an alabaster box of very precious ointment. Well, you don't really need one. The truth of the matter is when you go back to Mark chapter 9 and you take a look at verse 41, you'll find out that we don't need anything real expensive or costly to be able to, as this woman did, do a good work for the Lord, or as this lady did, to do what she could for the Lord. That was verse 7 and verse 8 in chapter 14. But it says this in Mark chapter 9, verse 41. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink it in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. So when you go back to Mark chapter 14 and you see this wonderful act of this woman breaking this alabaster box, anointing the head of the Lord Jesus with it, and the Lord Jesus commending her because she hath wrought a good work on me and commending her for she had done what she could. He's also saying in Mark chapter 9 verse 41, even giving someone a cup of water in my name is doing similar to what she did. And as this was a memorial under her, look what she did for the Lord. What we do, even a cup of water, is look what we're doing for the Lord. The question mark here, of course, would be, are we doing what we could? And if we do what we could for the Lord, we're doing a good work on him. The second uh, passage of scripture in the New Testament that talks about a memorial is found in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, this is talking about Cornelius, the centurion of the Italian band, 
who comes to know the Lord. As you study through that chapter, you'll see towards the end of the chapter, Peter ministering to him the gospel and him believing and he being baptized. But you'll notice a reference in chapter 10, verse 4, that really marks out another New Testament memorial. And it says this, And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are gone up for memorial before God. Thy prayers and thy alms are gone up for memorial before God. We not only see in the New Testament that there's a memorial for a woman having an alabaster box who anointed the Lord, but we also see, secondly, that there's a memorial in regard to prayers and alms being offered up. The idea of prayers is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks. And the idea of alms is anything that gives uh, to relieve the poor, whether it be money, clothing, or otherwise. And we find that these acts that we do of prayers and these acts that we do of alms become a memorial unto the Lord. I guess I could summarize it in this way. God knows our prayer life and our almsgiving and will show us what we ought to do for him. God knows our prayer life and our almsgiving and will show us what we ought to do for him. You see, that's what happened with Cornelius. When he said, the Lord hath heard thy prayers and thine alms in verse 4, then Cornelius responds and says, um, Lord, what should I do? And it says in verse 6 this, And he lodged with one Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the seaside, and he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. So Cornelius was missing something, and the, and the angel appears to him and tells him, you go now, and you get Peter, and Peter's going to tell you what you ought to do, because your prayers and your, and your alms have come up as a memorial, and God's going to honor that by showing you what's missing in your life. And when you move to the end of chapter 10, you'll find Peter preaching unto Cornelius and his family and those in his house about the Lord Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And then in verse 43 of chapter 10, it says this, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And Cornelius, of course, was saved. Now, we've moved through those rather quickly. I realize that, and I realize this is just a podcast and kind of whetting our appetite for further Bible study. But I do think it's important for us to see that there are Old Testament memorials, like the Passover and the passing over the Jordan, and there are New Testament memorials, like the breaking of the alabaster box, doing what she could, and also the prayers and alms that are offered up to God, and the lessons that we saw just briefly as we passed through those. But I want to end by looking at what I believe is the most important New Testament, and I could say the most important biblical memorial that we have today. What is that? Well, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 and following. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 and following. Listen to these words. You remember the Lord instituted the Lord's Supper or communion service in his earthly ministry in the Gospels. Now, in the epistles, Paul is writing to the church of Corinth and reminding them of what this means. And he says this, beginning at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. Note this now. This do in remembrance of me. Verse 25, And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. So when we look at the Lord's Supper, the bread that was representing his body and the cup that was representing his shed blood, we recognize this is a memorial. God gave this service to the people, the Christian people, so as they observed it, they would remember what Jesus Christ did for them in paying the cost of their sin by dying on the cross of Calvary, being buried, and then rising again. You know, when we take a look at this in light of verse 26, for as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. This is a memorial that we observe, whether it be in some churches week by week, whether it be in some churches month by month, in some churches quarter by quarter. It just says as oft as ye do this, or some churches even year by year. But when we do go to observe it, we're to observe it to remember that Jesus gave his body and his blood in order to pay for our sin that we can say today, we are saved. Now, this brings me around to the first illustration I gave in regard to memorial. When my wife and I were standing between those escalators and we were looking up at the ceiling of that third floor of that downtown Chicago library, and we saw those 58,000 or so dog tags hanging with the names of different ones who had died in the Vietnam War, we did not really have an opportunity to focus on what was really taking place. People were coming and going. There was noise. There was sound. The, the escalators are just going up and down, and there was nowhere to sit. There was nowhere to meditate or whatever. And, uh, and I took a picture of the dog tags, and, I, and we had someone take a picture of Pam and I in front of those dog tags. And, and then we left and met our daughter and finished out our day. And later on, I thought, I'm so embarrassed. I, I am just embarrassed that I looked at that memorial, but I didn't really focus in and think about it. My biggest thing was I was happy that I was alive. You know that I was booby-trapped in Vietnam and could have easily died. I didn't. I was operated on, sent to Japan, sent home, and I'm thankful for that. But then I thought later, and I thought, I looked at those dog tags, and I, I never thought about John. Uh, John was a senior that graduated with us in high school and went into the Marines the very summer after, and we graduated in 67, and he died as a Marine in Vietnam in 68. I didn't think of Danny, one of the men that went to non-commissioned officer school with me, who I actually wanted to go and join him in his company with the 173rd, and I, I went up to find him, and I couldn't find him. And finally, somebody looked at the KIA, killed in action list, and found out Danny had been killed by a Vietnamese sniper. I, I never thought about John. John was another ranger in a different team than I was in, and the week before, uh, we were booby-trapped, they were booby-trapped, and John got his men out, everything seemed to be okay, but when they were back at the base camp at the, at the temporary hospital, John fell over and died, because little did anyone know that a little piece of shrapnel had gone up under his rib cage. They didn't know that, and it punctured his lung, and his adrenaline was pumping, and he didn't realize his lungs were filling up with fluid, and by the time he figured it out, he was gone. I, I felt embarrassed 
and, and a bit ashamed that I looked at that memorial, but I didn't stop to think about it. But I remembered this. Many communion services in many churches, even the churches I've pastored and participated in, we have gone to the memorial. We have taken the bread in regard to the body that Jesus gave, and we've taken the cup representing the blood that Jesus shed, but we've not really stopped to think about it. And I believe that that's very important for us to remember that memorials are given to us in our nation, in our world, for us to stop and think about what they mean. But most importantly, memorials are given in the Word of God for us to stop and think about what they mean. Whether it be the Passover of the Old Testament or the passing over the Red Sea, whether it be the woman giving the alabaster box of ointment, whether it be the alms and prayers of a man who is going to be coming to know Christ, but most importantly, whether it be our observing of the Lord's Supper and communion and doing this, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, in remembrance of me. And doing this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 25, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread, and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I certainly hope that the next time you observe communion, you'll give it a little more thought maybe than we've been giving it, and take opportunity not just to see the bread and to see the cup, but to see the one who gave his body and shed his blood, that we might have the remission of sins. Well, this has been from the Pastor's Study with Pastor Marty Macedo, and you may email me at macedofhmgmail.com. That is M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellhoppers Ministries at gmail.com. And Lord willing, we'll post another Bible lesson next week. But remember, memorials are a way to remember. And the most important memorial is the Lord's Supper Communion, that causes us to stop and reflect on the price Jesus paid for our spiritual freedom and eternal life. John 8, 26 reads, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Have you received this gift yet? If not, why not do so today? Thank you for listening, and have a great day.